How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Bum, 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 bum. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Rich Melzer joins us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker, Banker Hotline. Uh, he played professional basketball in the NBA, and he's got quite a project that he's working on right now. More on that in a minute. I saw him last night uh, with his son at the Timberwolves game. Rich, thank you for joining us. And it's really exciting, uh, obviously, to be a you know a, a local Minnesota and Minneapolis kid, but also see the, the success of uh, finally the Timberwolves coming back a little bit. I saw a team that was rallied around a common goal um, under Coach Finch, obviously. They look like they're having fun. They're playing really selfless basketball. And I don't care if you're the Lakers or, you know, Denver or some of these other top caliber teams, that's tough to beat no matter who you have on it. And it's, uh, it's really fun to watch. Unfortunately, Lakers are having their own, you know, trials right now, I think. I, I, I think Westbrook's I don't know if he's mentally healthy right now or confident. Hopefully it's just a phase because I like seeing him at his, at his peak. But uh, the Timberwolves are going to really make some noise here towards the end of the season. And I, I have some high expectations uh, with them, as, as do some of my friends and I. Yeah, because you know people are saying, well, the play-in game, they could end up playing the Lakers, and you don't want to play the Lakers in a one-and-done. It's not really a one-and-done game, the way the format's set up. is It's more like a two-and-done. But, but I, I watched last night. Now, granted, they didn't have Anthony Davis, but I go, if I'm the Timberwolves, I'll take the Lakers on any day right now. Oh, totally. Well, even conversely to that, if I'm another team, right now Timberwolves are the team you don't want to play. Exactly. Because, right? You yep. know you know that on paper you should probably beat them, but when they're um, when they're playing that type of basketball, I mean, <laughs> it, it's something else to see. You know, and I played for Finch, and I've been looking at – When did you play for Finch? Yeah, yeah, I played for Finch uh, when I was on assignment from the Houston Rockets um, back in 2010. He was the head coach of the D League team. Really? And yeah, and, and you know we didn't we we had a pretty good team. We had Mike Harris who was on assignment, who was a you know pretty good tweener NBA player. But other than that, we didn't have the best team in the league, and somehow find ourselves 
winning the championship, and it was that style of play, that unselfish, up-tempo, defensively-driven style of play that I see now um, resonating. And I, I talked to Corey Hapola. I talked to a guy, Corey, about that about a year ago and go, man, I, don't, I really like Chris. It's a tough market to win in, and he's finding a way to do it. And uh, it, it's really interesting to see. Uh, what kind of a coach was he when you played for him? So that's, it's funny to ask that. Chris was, uh, you know, Chris really empowered people to do what they were there to do. He, he, wasn't, a, he, he wasn't a knockdown person. He wasn't a dictator. I, I just came off of a pretty average year overseas. And uh, when I got there, he literally pulled me in the office. He goes, Rich, you're 30 years old. You're in the twilight of your year career. You're not going to play a whole lot. And I'm looking at him. I'm going, really? Well, that's kind of messed up. Yeah. And, and he says to me, he goes, I need you in the locker room. I need a locker room guy to rally these guys together. And that was my role. But despite that, you know, I still ended up getting minutes, big minutes towards the end of the year in some of those uh, playoff and championship games because he didn't put a ceiling on me and he held me accountable. If I didn't play well or if others didn't play well, um, he, he made sure, you know, he, he would rectify that. And I think he's doing the same thing now with Cat and with Edwards and with D'Angelo. Like, if those guys aren't really out there doing their thing, he'll give them a break, he'll, he'll, he'll counsel them and bring them back out there. But uh, I, I like seeing them holding other grown men accountable because it's showing up now. You know, uh, I mentioned uh, you played for Popovich in San Antonio, and obviously he had he had superstars. If you have superstars, that's where it starts. Obviously, you can't win without talent, and he's finding that out this year as well. But but what was the ultimate in what Popovich was able to do was that he he got great players to play together. What, what was was that his secret sauce? I, I think what Popovich did was he got people to play for each other. Um, as opposed to playing for themselves. And, and it was easy to play for Popovich because you knew what his drive was. You knew his intentions were benevolent. I, I was a tweener. I was a guy that was on the verge of, you know, maybe a couple minutes in the NBA or being really successful overseas. But uh, he held me to, a, you know, a really high standard despite that. And uh, it, it was easy. It was easy to go that extra mile and put that extra work in for a guy like that. Chris was the same way, you know. When he has, when he takes the ego out of the game, and you have to play for the guy next to you, and the guy next to you has to be accountable to your expectations of them, it's a contagious behavior that uh, I don't think we see a whole lot of in the NBA today. I hear you, and if you can do it, you can do it, Rich Melzer. I guess. Rich, Rich I, I, I talked about what you're doing. You, you ran the uh, the YMCA on the north side, and you've done a lot of different projects for YMCA, and, and you had an opportunity to go to uh, another nonprofit, but much different in in, in downtown Minneapolis, uh, uh, or at least that area uh, where you are helping uh, the homeless, uh, the teenage homeless. I, explain where it is that you work and what it is that you're doing right now. Yeah, so we're uh, we're right downtown, literally. Um, just on the out, outskirt of uh, downtown Minneapolis on kind of the southeast side there um, over by the Salvation Army, and there's a Firestone there jumping on 394. But we are right now serving um, at-risk young people experiencing homelessness. So we provide a huge array of resources for young people that, um, you know, don't have anywhere to go, that have troubles at home and that are experiencing challenges that, Unfortunately, a lot of people, a lot of young people haven't had to go through. Um, we feed them, we clothe them, we have resources for them to just really transition um, over the course of time out of that situation and even, um, you know, get, 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 job, 
get job opportunities and, and educational opportunities to, uh, to, to see how we can help them. Uh, it's, it's a huge effort. They've been in business now and doing this work for, you know, 45 or more years. So I'm really fortunate to be um, a part of this, a part of this outfit. They are, uh, you know, organ- organizationally, they're in really good health. Um, I was brought there after uh, coming in the, on the heels of Heather Hughesby, who, who really lifted up this mission and um, her work carries on today. And we're just trying to continue to elevate it and do right by, uh, by her and some of their historical work. But it is a serious pandemic right now. Um, you know, youth homelessness, it reaches as far from, you know, east side St. Paul and the eastern suburbs all the way out to Anoka, um, per capita, we have a pretty large um, amount of homeless young people every night that are, you know, ha- have no place to go. So we're there as a tool and as a resource to mitigate that and to, to love them up and see how we can help. They come through your door. What happens next? They, you know, if they, if they come in for the first time and they don't know, uh, you know, what they're up against, they've only heard about you. What, what's the process like when you when you have somebody that comes in and says, I'm a teenager and I'm homeless. Tell me what I got to do. Yeah, the, the first one is just basic needs. You know, have you ate? Are you, do you need clothes? Um, have you rested? We provide that right there on the spot. Um, that's first and foremost. And then from there, um, we try to transition and figure out who they are as people. Um, historically, what have been some of their challenges? And then from there, you know, our, 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 our drop-in case managers and our service providers really, really are intentional on evaluating, you know, what they've had before, the gaps that we can fill for them moving forward, and getting them into the right model of um, support, whether that's, you know, housing, obviously, is a big thing for us. We transition young people directly into housing when we can, um, making sure they have sustainable resources to mitigate hunger, um, you know, being out in the cold, I mean, you name it, mm. um, you name it, we try to provide it. If we don't have it there, we work with other partners around the Twin Cities that they can resource those things from too. So it, it's a huge effort. Um, and, you know, we need a lot of support, but right now where we're at, we're, uh, we're hoping we're doing all that we can. And we want to be one of the best providers for um, young people experiencing homelessness in the Twin Cities. What, you know, I, I'm thinking out loud going, well, where are the parents in this? If your teenager's not coming home at night, I mean, how do they end up homeless? How do they end up homeless? What, what, what's the parents' role in it? You know, there, there's a lot of roles. Um, some of it is mental health um, for some of our young people, which shows up in obviously, you know, a million different ways. Um, some of our young people are actually homeless as a preference to being at home with their families, believe it or not, because they've had trauma and they've been misguided as parents. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons why young people and how young people end up in this situation. And we're trying to meet them without judgment, with love, with empathy, and with uh, real tools to help them get out of that situation the best we can. Rich Melzer, I guess. Rich, how many of them are chemically dependent when they come in? How, what's the percentage? You know, I, I would say for and I don't want to speculate, but I would say for the large percentage of young people, it's either chemical dependency or mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's that other small group in there that is just accustomed to being on their own, accustomed to being in this situation. Um, I don't think there's a firm answer on that, but yeah, chemical dependency and mental health play a huge part, unfortunately, in the reasons these young people are showing up and, uh, you know, we're, we're doing everything we can to help them out. 
Rich, just an aside, but it, it goes in conjunction with we, we see the, the teachers strike uh, for the city of Minneapolis and you're a product of the city of Minneapolis. Uh, how does that strike you? What scares you the most about, uh, you know, when kids are not in school? You know, that the, 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 what scares me the most is what families are doing at home. You know, Minneapolis public schools are what they are, you know, good or bad, however you feel. But parents can't depend exclusively on the schools to educate and to nurture them. Um, they have to have things at home, whether it's, you know, chores or on-the-job training or responsibilities they have at the house. Parents have to really step up right now and make sure that while young people are out of school, they're still at home having some sort of regular expectations and cadence to hold them accountable to continued education and um, knowing that there's going to be a a schedule and a rhythm in place at some point whenever the strike um, concludes and ends. But I I think the responsibility right now is very, very high for the parents to be active and maybe to ask a little bit more of themselves than they've had to do historically before the strike. Rich, I always appreciate seeing you, my friend, and uh, we will talk again soon. But keep up the great work that you do in this community and the way that you give back to the city of Minneapolis is uh, uh, is Hall of Fame-ish, and we appreciate it very much. Always, Mike. Love you to pieces. I, I, I love hearing from you. I know your listeners are in tune and, uh, and, and supportive, and I'm grateful to be here. So we'll talk again soon, Mike. Keep doing your thing. You too. Thank you so much. Rich Mills, wow. Uh, that is what you call heavy lifting when you start taking on the homeless teenagers in the city of Minneapolis. And you start, um, I mean, he told me there's like, there's like one room they send him to, that's where you get tested for STDs. And you think, well, because you, know, you, you don't even think about all the things that go with this, right? What kind of drugs might you be doing? Um, pregnancies, everything. Um, all that stuff gets wrapped under one roof. Uh, with not a lot of hope sitting on the other side of it, and you try to recondition that, that's heavy lifting. Uh, this is not as important, but it's at least interesting. When we come back, the Green Bay Packers did what with Devontae Adams? you got to be kidding me. Stay with us. Ah, uh, yes. Aye, aye, mates, come on over here and have a beer with Leprechaun, would you? Aren't you a little old to still believe in Leprechauns, the punchline goes? I won't tell you what the joke is, though. Chris Tubbs. Announced this trade. I can't believe this. I thought we were past this. Maybe I've been paying close enough attention. Mm-hmm. But but Green Bay Packer fans, you may want to pull off, off to the side of the road for what we're about to tell you. Go ahead, Tubbsy. Yeah, uh, according to uh, several sources, including Adam Schefter, the Green Bay Packers, because Devontae Adams has said that he would not play on the franchise tag this year. So therefore, the Packers are trading Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. For two prime 2022 picks. Now, we don't know what those picks are. All we hear is that they are prime. So I have to imagine, and I haven't looked at the uh, the Raiders. Uh, I haven't either. I don't know if they have two number ones you know, what they got. You know. uh, let me, uh, NFL draft order 2022. I'm, I'm just going to take a look at this because you little know. Little peeky-weeky, see what they got? Yeah, I mean, you know. But think about this. I mean, but the point is, Adams goes to the Raiders. Yes, uh, Adams will go. Now they've got the twenty second pick in the first uh, round. Twenty second pick in the first round. Uh, but that is the only one that I see that the Raiders have. So uh, they would be giving that up, and no players. Uh, no players, as far as I know. They would have the fifty third pick, which would be about the twenty second in the first and the second round. So a first and a second rounder at best. 
because it doesn't say it's going to be a 2023. It just says 2022. So okay. there are there are no future first round picks, as far as I know, from what I'm seeing here. But uh, then it sounds like it's going to be a five year, 141 million dollar contract for Devontae wow. Adams. Wow. Well, well, we were wondering when when Rogers was going to sign that deal, Maxie. Like between that and Devontae Adams with the franchise tag, that would have been a lot of money, a lot of percentage. Because people talk about Kirk Cousins and the amount of the salary cap Correct. that he takes and, up. And you're going, I, you know, it's kind of like I don't know exactly how this works, but that mm-hmm. sure seems to me like that's a big part of your salary cap. Yeah, and, and I mean, and then if you Campbell were, from the Gophers got the the five year, fifty million dollar deal from that. Yeah, he got a real good a deal, and, and I mean, yeah, the, the, you know, the Packers in a position where. I mean, they got rid of, um, you know, Zadarius Smith, yep. who was going to sign with Baltimore, but then he now has uh, backed out of that. So he is now still a, a, a free agent. I thought they had a deal with him. No, no. Oh. Uh, Zadarius Smith, as far as I know, I, I saw earlier today that uh, after they released him, um, he had agreed with Baltimore, uh, but then he decided, you know, that he didn't want to say. So he's, he's still a free agent. And I know that Vikings. Uh, is it Mike Smith? Yeah, um, had the connections with him, so I know people are kind of hankering for that. But oh man, how do you feel if you're Aaron Rodgers right now? Like you just signed a four year extension. But, but I assume he and he and Adams are. You know, I always just assume that they're talking all the time, that they're buds, that they they know what's going on. Uh, because otherwise, if you're Rodgers, you feel like oh, the ink isn't even dry on my deal, yeah. and and you weren't going to tell me this, but you knew this is the way it was going to turn out. Now now I'm not happy again. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. Did they want to get him under contract? And then they say, well, okay, well, by the way, we're going to ship your best receiver out. Because you know, after this, I mean, you've got Alan Lazard and, and um, I know Valdez Scantling's a free agent. You yeah, got- and, and you know, both those guys are decent, but they're inconsistent. They don't yeah. catch every ball thrown to them. And, and they make good plays. They do. But they don't make all the plays. No, and, and you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he wants that one go-to guy. Now, now, maybe there's a free agent receiver out there they got their eyes on. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't looked at the board, so to speak, because it's not a Vikings need. I haven't looked uh, to see who's out there free agent wise. Because you know, if, if you're a good, you know, you know, I don't know what the money would be, but mm-hmm. I mean, the chance to play there in Rogers could be inviting. For some people, they say it's intimidating; they don't want to play for mm-hmm. Rogers because he's so particular. Uh, but you know, I mean, if you're trying to revive a career or something like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jarvis Landry. Where's was... Antonio Brown right now? Oh, oh, boy. oh man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know. That kind of guy could be available, you know. Yeah, I mean, Jarvis Landry was just released by the Browns. Yeah, and Alan... I don't know what, the, yeah. you know, uh, what, what, how good he is or, you know. Yeah, I mean, Allen Robinson. Brown's got some things going on there. I can't oh, follow. They, they, uh, they do. Allen Robinson, just former Bears, signed yeah. with the Rams. He's a good player. Um, yeah, he very, very vastly underused. I mean, OBJ's got that torn ACL, so I, I, I feel like the first wave of wide receivers has already been off the board. So Green Bay, I would think, but maybe yeah. you could find, or, or you get them in the draft. You know? Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you, you never know. You yeah. never know. All right, well, good fodder. Uh, you may now resume your drive home, Packer fans, but just know that. Devontae Adams is no longer a part of your. Sam team. Adams going to be more popular in Green yeah, Bay. Yeah, you Devontae got that Adams. right, baby. Tom Chorsky breaking down the Minnesota Wild. Are they a good team or not? I don't know when we come back. One of the great Irish pieces of music. Tom Chorsky, are you Irish? I don't know what Chorsky is. Well, Chorsky's Polish, but uh, my mom is a uh, is a Mary Moore Tierney's, which is uh, 100% Irish, so I'm I'm half Irish. So you got some green uh, green on today, huh? Yeah, I had a I had a green tie on earlier. I had to go to a service, and I actually drank a green beer too. But well, uh, <laughs> I would expect nothing less, Tom. 
Just one. Just it one. Yep, absolutely. The, 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 of course, the traditional just for uh, the festivities. The parade over in St. Paul as they do each and every year. Tom, Tom I, I, I can't get my arms around. You know, part of it is that I'm not a hockey aficionado. Uh, but but the, the, the big question is, you know, are the Wild a really good team or not? Are they the Verge being a good team again? Are they are they what, you know? And and, and <laughs> last night obviously they, they, they play a pretty good game and it gets chippy and Kaprizov gets the goals, Talbot does his thing, and you go, see, that's not so hard. But it sure has been hard for them the last month. What what do you see when you see this team? Because now we're talking about, uh, we'll take them one step at a time, but trade deadline and playoffs uh, uh, is what's on, on the menu. What do you see? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think when the the wheels really came off the bus there and uh, everything was was not working goaltending and offense and, you know, they just couldn't get anything going. And, you know, hindsight's going to be 2020 in this deal. And they, last night they, uh, they looked like they were kind of back looking like themselves getting gritty, uh, you know, some gritty play out of that Erickson Eck line and Jordan Greenway is really matured and looks like a, he just looks like a man, you know, a man out there now. And, um, as you mentioned, uh, Capri soft scoring a couple goals that always, uh, looks and feels good. That gets the crowd on their feet. So, and Talbot, Talbot did a good job, but he seems like he might be settling back in. So, you know, they, they seem like on the verge of maybe getting back to what they were. Um, I think they are good. I mean, you look at some of the numbers and some of the offense, you know, there, there's some good offense that Zuccarello's, you know, making great plays and he's got great chemistry and, and Fiala when he's going well, you know, he's as, he's as good as anyone offensively defensively. Um, I guess I feel like maybe Bill Guerin needs to maybe needs to bring in a, a defenseman. I, I, and I don't know if, I don't know if that's hundred percent fair to say, but if I, if I'm guessing, you know, maybe shore up that, that, that decor a little bit, but, but yeah, and obviously, as I mentioned, I'm a novice. But, but I'm saying this, they give up a lot of goals. Where does goalie sit in this? Are, are, are you? To me, it seems like if you if you want to play this with two goalies, etc., uh, you can. But but you're going to be nervous every game. That's the way it feels to me. Tell me about the body of work of both of them. Yeah, I think you know. I mean, the body of work overall has been has been has been pretty good. I mean, although when they were they both went kind of on the skids at the same time, which, which wasn't good. I think what you're going to want to see or hope to see at this point though, is, is, is Cam Talbot really take over the crease down the stretch here a little bit. He's, he's still going to need a, a break here and there, but uh, you know, you to feel real confident and get this team really cooking, you know, the way they need to be against some of the playoff teams they're going to, they're going to run into uh, in, in their, in their conferences, you know, he's going to have to be really solid here, um, as they go and the majority of the time, I, I just don't think we can see him have any, any soft games. And, but again, it's, it's the whole team. I think the whole team was, was a little bit off at the same time. And now they maybe come back together at the same time. You know, you hear the Fleury's name uh, bannered out there, and you know, I think about Dubnik got hot the one year, took him to the playoffs. Fleury got hot, shut him down a couple of years ago. Fleury's got the connection with um, uh, Bill Guerin, obviously, and I know that makes it an obvious reach, but it's something at least worth looking at. Do, do you not have to give great consideration that if you find the right goalie, he may just get hot, and you don't need him to get hot for a season. You can get hot for a couple of months. Well, that's certainly true, and and it's tempting to think about a, a goalie, you know, like like Flurry, who has so much experience and isn't going to get, you know, rattled at all by the size of the game. And you know, there's going to be some pressure 
come playoff time on this Minnesota team, you know, with, with the success that they've had and they've made some moves and now we've got, you know, Kirill Kaprizov and Bill Guerin has made, you know, made changes and everyone's pretty excited. But now when we get to that playoff time, there is expectations I think are raised and heightened and the hopes are always there, but there's going to be, there's going to be a little bit of, I guess, just expectations from the fan base and, you know, maybe even the media that, Hey, is this team going to do something finally? And that in itself is going to put pressure on the team. So um, I think it's really going to be on, and Bill Guerin will have his finger on the pulse of, of these guys. If he feels comfortable that he's got the, you know, he's got the goalie that can, can handle the, the spotlight uh, when the playoffs rolls around and he's got the guys. I mean, I think, I think we've got the guys up front for the most part with the, when they're all going with the right combination of grit and skill and, and speed and, and tenacity and, and what have you. So that seems pretty good when they're all going. Um, the, the, I think the question mark for me is can they, can the defensemen all defend well and, and make it through a, a long run in, in the playoffs and, and goaltending? And do we have that? Can Cam Talbot be the guy to, to carry this team uh, you know, through the playoffs? Tom Chorsky, our guest on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Tom, um, that being said, I look at the West and you say, okay, Calgary's found something here. Um, Colorado is what they are. St. Louis has been pretty good. Uh, you know, you get Vegas, Dallas, some of those teams in there. I, I, it doesn't look like you know, at one point in time you, you kind of you, you know you, go, you you could point a pretty clear path and go, hey, they'll get to the final. Not anymore. Now you're going, boy, this first round could be tough if they're not careful. Yeah, there's some heat coming up behind them. I think you know they for a bit there they had dropped into the wild card spot because. The West is tough. Um, you know, the Avalanche running away with it is, as strong as they uh, they have been. And, um, I, you know, teams like Calgary, right, there's something there. They gave the Wild um, a lot of grief, but that's when the Wild wasn't, I don't think, playing great. But Calgary does, I think, under their new coach there, um, Sutter, he, he, he's got them playing really hard. They're a gritty team, and they've, they've put together, you know, kind of that similar grit and uh, skill and tenacity and, and pace. So, they are definitely tough. You know, there's still there's still 20 games here, so um, I think there's a lot to be said. That I don't think there'll be a big pull away from the from the pack. You know, the, there's so much parity around the league, but this the Wild team just has to get to their identity. You know, I heard that mentioned too, and start playing. You know, the way Billy Guerin has built this team and what he expects each each line and each player to bring to the table. And uh, and once they, if they can get into that groove, which we've seen, um, then then they're good. And, and I, I think, you know, playing in the playoffs, it, it's going to be tight no matter what. So um, there's not going to be there's not going to be all kinds of cushion. And even when you have a cushion, you know, you, you can't rely on that when the playoffs come around because all of a sudden there's zeros across the board, and uh, anyone can anyone can kind of pull an upset in, in the first round. So the West. The West, Western Conference being what it is, is just competitive and hard, and um, I, I just think it's it's just going to be hard from here on out. Playoff hockey's so demanding and and physical and and fast, and you know, I think they're going to get a taste of that here down the stretch, just because it is so competitive. Yeah, and it's just that they have to make a decision by Monday as to whether or not they want to change the roster that makes it, you know. Uh, makes I guess makes sports fascinating, but makes Bill Guerin <laughs> lose sleep at night, and then that's the way it's set up uh, to be. Uh, two other hockey questions before I let you go. Your Golden Gophers have rallied. They have a nice season. They get Michigan for the Big Ten title this weekend. Uh, how good is this Gopher team? 
Well, they're pretty good too. They're deep. Um, I think with their, you know, with their skill level and talent that they've brought in, um, they've been able to kind of ride through some uh, some injuries. Um, you know, they had disruption there when uh, goalie Lafontaine left, but they were able to kind of impact that. I'm hearing that uh, it's a standing room only crowd at Mariucci for Saturday night. Um, I'll be in attendance for that. That'll be that'll be kind of fun and exciting to see see that building full again and and if the Gophers can pull off the Big Ten championship you know they've received some accolades coach Mosco coach of the year which uh congratulations to him um and and hats off to uh Justin Close the goalie that came in and everyone was woe is me about LaFontaine leaving and this kid has just done everything uh everything that the Gophers have needed him to to do and he was ready to step in and and he's uh he's really kind of backstopped this team to to that championship, as you mentioned. So a lot of talent there, um, a lot of leadership. Ben Myers is, is, you know, going to be an NHL player um, as a, as an under, as a undrafted, you know, unrestricted free agent guy, which is pretty cool. Um, I just think they have the right mix of, of youth skill and, and uh, veteran, veteran leadership grit. So they, 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 they could go deep in the playoffs and fingers crossed. Hopefully they do. That'd be fun. Uh, you you had a chance to work the high school hockey tournament some, but your team Minneapolis got in there as a conference, not you know, obviously not individual teams like when you were there. Uh, that gave that nice little shot to the city of Minneapolis, didn't it? Yeah, it did. You know they uh, they showed up uh, big numbers in, in the crowd on Wednesday night there for the quarterfinals against Alexandria. I don't think they brought the game that they were hoping to bring. Um, I think they. I watched them play in the section finals at St. Louis Park against Delano, who was a really good team. And that night they were they were flying. They looked, you know, they looked like a, a middle of the pack double uh, A team. Frankly, yep. that whole game, Delano looked really good that night too. But um, I, I just didn't feel like they had their their best game on that uh, on that quarterfinal game. But the the crowd was there. They felt like it was maybe the largest single A crowd that had ever come to a state tournament, and and very well maybe because it was the entire you know city conference of Minneapolis. Yeah. So. Kids came from every public school, or or most of them, and or, you know some came from all or whatever. Um, but yeah, you know Joe Dietzik was named uh, Single A Coach of the Year. Uh, congratulations to him for that. But yeah, shed some light on Minneapolis hockey. They they finally had enough kids stick around and didn't didn't jump ship to you know Benild or Blake or Breck and and uh, or move out after Bantams to the suburbs and play for a, a bigger program and. And those kids hung in there and stuck together, and they got to the state tournament. And then, for people that don't know, they lost that first game, but they went on and won the next two, so they won the consolation. Um, pretty successful season for, for Minneapolis high school hockey. Last question, that state championship came in double-A uh, and over Maple Grove. Uh, where does that There have been a lot of good ones. That That's right up there, isn't it? Yeah, well, if you listen to Lou Nanny, who's been doing it for 77 years or whatever, yeah. Um, you know, he was, he was fascinated and blown away. And, um, for a game that went six, five, um, double overtimes, you know, it, it, it was just an exchange of goals back and forth and back and forth. It was speed. It was, uh, you know, it wasn't bad goaltending either. It was just both teams just found a way to keep scoring and, and the other team would answer. And, and I think I was, you know, I was at home for that one, but, uh, my wife and I were just marveling at, uh, at the you know the I guess the intensity and how much fun the high school hockey game is and Lou Nanny was saying uh, you know 
can't remember a game quite this good. So, um, you know, another another great hockey season in the books for at the high school level for Minnesota hockey and um, kind of a sold out X you know X uh, stadium and yeah. you know it really shows well for the high school program. But um, someone unfortunately you know had to lose that game and and on that night uh, Andover uh, got the got the winning goal. So congratulations! Now, to how them. big is that guy that does play by play with Louis? Louis or is Louis shrinking? He looks quite yeah, small. He's a pretty big dude. Okay. I, uh, he does. He does a good job, by the way. He does do a good job, yeah. and and uh, Mr. Erickson. Involved, I think I think I think it's a great production. Uh, Pat O'Connor does a great job with the with the high school hockey. He's the guy you don't see down in the truck, and he kind of lines things up and gets the right people in the right spots and does the camera work. So um, it's a great show. Um, that is a big guy. He calls the games at St. Cloud State. So I was up yeah. there, and he interviewed me for for a game recently and but yeah Lou I think Lou you know fascinating to to think that he's still doing it after all these years and maybe just yeah. has to stand up a little straighter <laughs> <laughs> I see your man Mr. Christensen by the way all the time I didn't know you guys were friends uh, he, he he's a bodybuilder for crying out loud well he has at times I yeah he's he's not quite in that uh um shape right now but he's still bigger and not far off no not too far off he's at the gym every morning so uh that's I where I see him. Yeah, we have daughters in the same class, but yeah, I didn't realize that you guys were connected. Well, he's a Roosevelt guy, yeah. and we played played hockey against each other in high school, and now we've become we've become buddies. So that's cool. Hey, Tom, thank you so much. We'll do it again. We got a lot more ground that we didn't cover today, but we'll do that again soon. Thank you so much, as always, for uh, uh, giving us some time tonight. Yeah, well, if the Gophers in the wild keep going, we'll talk again. We'll keep talking for sure. Tom Chorsky, nice yeah, enough to join good. us on News Talk 830 WCCO. Has your bracket been busted? The scores from the NCAA tournament when we come back. Welcome back. Sports to the max. Tubsy, can you give us a rundown of the NCAA basketball tournament round one? Yeah, let's uh, do it, Maxie. Uh, top-seeded Gonzaga in the west over Georgia State, 93-72. Uh, top-ranked Baylor. No folk stake, 85 to 49. That in the East. Uh, in the South, it was third ranked, uh, third seeded Tennessee over Longwood, 88 56. Longwood making their first ever appearance in the tournament. Uh, four seeded Providence over South Dakota State and the Jackrabbits, 66 to 57. The one upset that you were talking about earlier that may have done a few people in, myself included, the 12 seeded Richmond Spiders in the Midwest yeah. over the Big Ten champion Iowa Hawkeyes, 67 63. So the uh, Hawkeyes no more. Memphis had a 19-point lead at the half. Boise State battled back, but ultimately nine-seeded Memphis over Boise State in the West, 64-53. Mm. Wolverine, 75-63 over Whoa, Colorado, Colorado State. State had that role in the first half. They David did. Roddy and whatnot, they had a big lead. Colorado uh, State, they led by 15 in the first yeah. half, had a seven-point lead at the half, but Michigan, yep. uh, 46-27 advantage in the second, knocked off the uh, the Buffs. Carolina, no problem with Marquette in the uh, 8 over the 9, 95-63 in the East. And uh, game's going on right now. Uh, you got St. Peter's in Kentucky tied at 58. Yeah. Seven minutes left to go in the second that's half. A, that's a two fifteen, right? Yep. Uh, another 12-5 matchup to watch, Maxie. Uh, New Mexico State up by one over a fifth-seeded UConn in the West, 55-54. Whoa. How about the St. Mary's laying it on Indiana, 50-31 to with... Uh, it's under the 16 timeout there. 
And uh, Creighton right now trailing wow. San Diego State 45-36. 14 and a half left to go in the second. Brian and, Dutcher, the head coach there, yep. yep. Later on tonight in the west, it's uh, Arkansas and Vermont. In the east, it's Murray State and San Francisco. In the east, it's got UCLA and Akron. And in the midwest, the top-seeded Rock Chalk Kansas Jayhawks. That's one of the reasons that Lake is in Vegas, probably laying down his entire yearly salary on the Kansas Jayhawks. As they take on the Texas Southern, um, oh, they'll win tonight. But Texas that's fool's Southern gold if you think Kansas is going anywhere. I'm just telling you, right? Yeah, that, that, to me, I, Iowa, <laughs> Iowa hurt me, so Iowa's now in that KU. I, I, I I quick, just quickly, Duke or yeah. Gonzaga? If they play in the in the in the regional championship, who do you like? I got Gonzaga. You do. I mean, if if they play head to head, you've got them. I will. Yeah, and I know the you know the the WCC West Coast Conference isn't that strong, but I, I don't know. This is something. I just I saw Virginia Tech dismantle Duke in the ACC Conference Championship. Yeah. I got a little skittish. Yeah, I hear you, man. That's why it's fun right now. That's right. Hopkins just won 52-27 over White Bear Lake in girls basketball. They're the team to watch. Had a great time out there with Dave Lee today. Lots of fun. When we come back, Augsburg hockey team is going for a national championship. Stay with us. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.